Who are you? I'm the player to be named later. And you should recognize me. Well, hello, everybody. And welcome to another edition of the Players to be Named Later podcast. I'm Ed, and still sick. That's Dan. Say hi, Dan. What up, Ed? And Dan, just like Connor Bedard's mother, there is controversy in the NFL for just so many reasons. But before we get to the NFL, do you think he did it? No. You don't think Corey Perry put the screws to Connor Bedard's mom and that's why he doesn't have a job? No, I don't. Nah, but it's fun to hear the memes, isn't it? Yeah, you got to kind of feel bad for the number one overall pick, huh? I mean, it's a Stifler's mom situation, and we all saw how that ended up. So maybe we'll get five movies of 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 Stifler doing stuff. I mean, we know the actor knows Sean William Scott. We know he knows how to skate. He was in The Goon. So maybe we can get like a biopic with all this. I hate you. Hey, I'm just saying, I'd watch it. And I know you would, too. Anyway, Dan, what are you thankful for? We just had the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, I have no idea. I'm not thankful for football after this past week. Mm, you know what I'm thankful for? Young Kuku. The most accurate kicker in NFL history. I'm thankful mm-hmm. for CM Punk for giving me something other than football to talk about. Despite the fact you can't really talk. And I'm thankful for you, big guy. I am. I love you like a brother. There's a there's a there, there's an underlying joke in there, everybody. He's gonna hit me with the punchline later on in the show. Mm. But, uh, but unfortunately I can't hit you with the same punchline your mother hit you with, and that was a lifetime of bad looks. I just give you the bad takes. Because let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it was a bad week for me again. I finished under five hundred this week in my picks. Missed my survivor pick. I am now, what, 18, 19 games behind you? 17? 17 games behind Dan in the yearly picks with five weeks to play. And the playoffs, which count double. Playoffs count double, remember. So I, it's not over, but it's over. Uh, you want to you wanna jump into the Thursday games, buddy? Yeah, let's, uh, let's jump into them. Um, first game of the day was probably the biggest shocker of the weekend, in my opinion. Uh, actually, maybe not, but <clears throat> I mean, it definitely was kind of a shocker. Um, Green Bay, Green Bay beats Detroit 29 to 22. Jordan Love with three touchdown passes, one to Christian Watson, who had a nice little coming out party after being quiet most of the year. Seven targets, five receptions, 94 yards. Another to Jalen Reed, four for 34, a nice little rookie. And Tucker Craft, uh, which you tell me who Tucker Craft – Tucker Craft is a tight end because Luke Musgrove was out, and he went two for 15 with a touchdown. Um, Besides that, there's nothing really much else to talk about on this side of the ball. Uh, A.J. Dillon was three yards in a cloud of dust for 14 carries, basically. On the other side of the ball, uh, Jarrett Goff did not throw any any interceptions, but, man, it used to be death taxes and Lamar Jackson fumbles. Uh, but Jared Goff is starting to give him a uh, run for his money because it was on this Thursday. It was Jared Goff fumbles three, lost three, put them in a hole very early. They did come back to make this game kind of interesting. No, they didn't. 
They did. It was interesting towards the end. I mean, they needed to recover the onside kick to really make it anything. But um, Ed, what are your th- as a as a Packer fan growing up? What are your what are your thoughts on the Packers here? What are your thoughts on Jordan Love? Some interesting comparisons have made their way around. I don't uh, know if I I I don't know about Jordan Love. I don't. I think I want, to, I want to believe he's the next Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know. He looked good, but he still missed some throws. I have a bone to pick with you, by the way. Do you know what three yards in a cloud of dust means? It means three yards and then they're gone. Like, that's what Oklahoma and Texas and most of the big 10 and 12 or big six and eight were back in the 60s <coughs> where it was running the football behind a wedge. You take three steps, then you're gone. It's not three yards to carry, by the way. Green Bay needs to find a running game. If Green Bay finds a running game, Jordan Love will be an elite passer. Um, You are completely wrong. Bullshit. Three yards, Three yards in a cloud, in a cloud of, dust. of dust is an expression of pride among those that play a physical football and enjoy methodically marching down the field. Methodically marching down Thank the you. field. Thank you. 14 carries for 43 yards is not methodically doing anything other than being stagnant. I said I said he was three yards and a cloud of dust for 14 carries. Yeah, that's not methodical. That's being bad. What did, what did he bad. average over 14 carries? Yeah, right at three yards, but it's still bad. All right. Okay, it's still I digress. Bad. It's bad. All 43 right, yards um, as a leading rusher in football is bad. But the difference between Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers is the fact that Aaron Rodgers didn't need a running game and didn't have a running game to be an MVP. For Jordan Love to be successful – he needs a running game or he needs to have a defense on the other side of the football that can force three fumbles. And well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to yeah. semi disagree with you here. I think Jordan love looked terrible in the beginning of the season. And I think he's really turned his season around. Uh, you look at the back half of the season. He's definitely been a top 12 quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. So it's definitely something that Packers fans had to look forward to. And also uh, he does have a young receiving core around him. Um, his top three receivers are, second-year receivers, and a rookie wide receiver with a rookie tight end. Uh, the running game has been non-existent, as you said. And uh, I would kind of disagree. When you think of Aaron Rodgers, you do think of some good running backs. They Aaron won. Jones, Eddie Lacy in his prime. Cheeseburger oh, <coughs> Eddie had, like, one good year, okay? Was that the Super Bowl year? Yeah. Yeah. So Aaron, Okay, so Aaron Rodgers did, does not good win Super Bowl without – Eddie Lacy. That defense did I a lot to win in see, that Super Bowl, too. I can see how this show's going to go. Uh, um, I'm ready to move on. Are you? Before Before you do, the comparison you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers had two 2,599 yards passing and 21 total touchdowns through his first 11 games as a starter. Jordan Love has 2,599 yards and 21 total touchdowns through his first 11 games as a starter. The big difference there is the turnovers and completion percentage because that's a vast difference. Let's move along. Washington, Dallas. This was the middle game of the three of John Madden Day as it was billed, and everybody did such a great job honoring the coach and the man that's probably responsible for more football fans than anybody else in the history of anybody. Uh, The Cowboys rolled 45 to 10. We really don't need to talk about this at all. Because this was a spanking of biblical proportions. Sam Howell did have a rushing touchdown. And that was the highlight of Washington's day. Um, What do you got on this one, buddy? 
I mean, Jack Prescott looked really good. Um, but that Washington front four became the Washington front two, basically, at the trade deadline. Uh, I'm very curious to see where Washington goes from here as far as with Ron Rivera at head coach, what they're going to do at quarterback. We actually have some news on that. It was announced, I believe it was a couple of days ago, and I, it was on ESPN. One of the talking heads said it. Ron Rivera will get the end of the year. He will not be brought back next year as they will begin an exhausted coaching search at the end of the year. So it's so not going to be Eric Bien- Eric Bieniemy like he is in the mix. Thought. But they will be searching for they will be interviewing other people as they have to because of the Rooney rule and whatnot. But yeah, Ron Rivera is a lame duck coach. Well, let me be a little controversial because the Washington Commanders are one of the most controversial franchises in sports. Was Not anymore brought- because that owner's gone. I mean, eh, history can repeat itself. Um, is Eric Bieniemy only in the coaching search to fulfill that Rooney role? We're going to leave it there because we are not bringing that conversation to light. There's nothing we really need to talk about here. I mean, Curtis Samuel, nine for a hundo for Washington. Um Dax spread it around. Everybody got a little love. I, I have a little bit of a bone to pick here with Sam Howe. Good luck if you are a Washington receiving owner. If you're a Washington wide receiver owner in fantasy, good luck figuring out who he's throwing to mm. uh, each week. Because one week it's Jihad, one week it's Curtis, and one week it's Terry. And every once in a while he'll throw some to Logan Thompson as well. Um, but... <clears throat> That's all I got to add. You want to move on to the final Sunday game of San Francisco at Seattle? You mean Thursday game? And yes, I do. San Francisco 31, Seattle 13. This one happened at Lumen Field in Seattle. Uh, San Francisco is them. They are good. CMC is him. He is good. CMC MVP, yes or no? No. Why not? Because he's not a quarterback. Quarterback's not going to win it this year. Outside of Dak, I can't think of any quarterback that deserves to be in the conversation. Uh, I mean, I can name two that are in the conversation and are the I said deserves. Tua, I mean, and, Tua and Trevor Lawrence? No, Lamar and Jalen. Yeah, Lamar. Okay. Yeah, CMC. If there's ever a year for a quarterback not to win it, CMC, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt all need to get votes this year, too. That's why I think a quarterback should not be able to win an MVP or there should be an extra award given for the most valuable non-quarterback. Yeah, it's called the AP Offensive Player of the Year. That's ridiculous. That is I mean, absolutely look, ridiculous. Just, just ridiculous. I'm not saying I disagree with you, um, but I'm just I'm, – I'm calling it what it is. Um, no, you're right. You're 100% right. But CMC had himself a day. 19 for 114 and two TDs on the ground. Five for 25 through the air. Debo had himself a day too. Seven for 79 through the air. Uh, Four for 15 and one touchdown on the ground. Um, Now, as we keep looking through this one, Ed, on the other side of the ball, we had Gino, who just did not have himself a good day. Uh, Couldn't get comfortable back there. Threw an interception. Uh, 70 overall passer rating, basically. Uh, JSN came to life a little bit. Only three targets, two receptions for 41 yards. He was their leading receiver. 
Uh, no Kenneth Walker this week as well as Zach Chardonnay went 14 for 47, averaging 3.4 uh, per carry. DK, nah, mid, but that's all I really got. DJ Dallas was getting some work, which didn't really make sense. I wasn't understanding it, and he lost that fumble, and then that was about it. He was getting a lot of passing work, but Zach Chardonnay is just fine in the passing game. I don't know. I didn't understand this coaching game, and I was just kind of footballed out by the end of this. I think everybody was the combination of turkey and... Oh, Ed, where did you go? Because you sound awful. Dying hurts. It it really, really hurts. Oh, uh, yeah. Dying really, really hurts. Is that better? Oh, you sound so much better now. Yeah, dying hurts. Uh, you were gone? Nobody even noticed. Um, moving Story on, of my life. Moving on to the Friday game. <laughs> Miami... Miami in New York. Um, I, got, I got it from here. I got it from here. 34-13, the Dolphins over the Jets. This one happened at MetLife Stadium as the Jets continue to prove they're bad. Dan, did you hear about Colin Kaepernick showing up at MetLife Stadium only to be in a Jets uniform, only to be immediately ejected from MetLife Stadium? 100% this is a fake story. I don't know. It's another thing. It's like Corey Perry. Ed loves, Ed loves fake news. Whenever I go to his house, he has. Never mind. I won't go there. I do not watch Fox News. I'm all about CNN, baby. Like I said, fake news. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Let's move along. Uh, Tonga, Tua Vailoa. Did I say that right? No. You no. can buy Tua Tonga Vailoa. 21 for 3243 on TD and two interceptions and a lost fumble. Ugh. Three turnovers for Tua. <laughs> Talking about the MVP race, he just fell out of it. Um, um kudos to Raheem Mostert, 20 for 94 and two scores. Tyreek and Jalen Waddle each went over a hundo with Hill getting a touchdown. Dan, what did you see from the Jets? Besides um, patheticness. I, I can tell you what I see from this Jets team, and it's just really bad because you look at this score. They gave up 34 points, but you look at Tua's stats, man, if if Aaron Rodgers was healthy, this Jets season could have been completely different. We're going to talk a little bit more about him here in a second, but uh, Tim Boyle is not any better than Zach Wilson, and in my opinion, he's worse. Um I think for the first time, that's definitely – I'm pretty sure that's the def, definitely the first time I've seen a hail pick six in yeah. – Is it more embarrassing than the kick six from the Iron Bowl a few years ago? 100% that's more embarrassing. Really? You think so? I mean, a kick six, a 109-yard kick six to lose the biggest game of your season is pretty bad. I mean, well, for one, it's more embarrassing because you're an NFL quarterback and you couldn't get that ball to the pile. Is it more embarrassing than the butt fumble, which also happened on Thanksgiving? Also from the also Jets. Also to the Jets. Um, that one's arguable, but that uh, that Hail 6 really made this game. I mean, I didn't expect this Is game to be close. Is that what we're calling it? A Hail 6? Hail pick 6. Okay, I'm cool with it. Um, but, I mean, it, uh, I don't know. Just Aaron Rodgers is back practicing. Do you have any thoughts on that? There's no way if you're Aaron Rodgers you come back and play behind this offensive line, right? 
I don't understand how. I really I don't, understand don't understand why. I don't understand why at four and seven. I don't get it. I don't. But I also understand him wanting to come back because for him now, it's not about the stats or even about this season. It's about the fact he's doing something nobody else nobody's has done. Nobody's ever done. Yeah. And that's what's left for Aaron Rodgers. He's won himself a Super Bowl. He's got all these MVPs. Right now, he's looking for stuff because he's not going to catch Tom Brady. He's going to be in the conversation as one of the best ever, but he's not, and nobody's ever going to name him over Tom Brady. So he's looking to do things that haven't been done before. Jets winning the Super Bowl, other than Joe Namath, haven't been done before. Coming back from an Achilles injury in the same season. This would cement him as one of the best football players ever, if he's not already. I do have to say, um, Garrett Wilson has had a few bad fantasy weeks, but he's really weathered the storm through this awful quarterback play. Somebody has to. Um, but I mean, there's not really much else to add here. I'm, I'm, I'm then let's it. let's go to the first ever Black Friday game, Baker Mayfield and the. This Tampa was the Black Bay, Friday game. The first ever Black Friday game. No, yes. No. The 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 Dolphins at the Jets was the first ever Black Friday. Yeah, game. I don't believe that because that game sucked. So I'm going to say this one was it because this one was a better game. This is how I'm going to choose to remember it. So this is my narrative. Just making shit. Yeah, I'm controlling my narrative, okay? Call me EC3. Anyway, Indianapolis Uh, 27, Baker Mayfield 20. As the Bucks fall to four and seven, the Colts improve to six and five. Dan, what do you have about this one? Um. I was working, but I was listening to some of uh, some of the radio stations bouncing around and stuff through this one. Michael Pittman obviously had himself a game. Big story coming out of this: Jonathan Taylor, 15 for 91 with two touchdowns, and apparently an injured finger, and will miss an injured thumb, and will miss this week's game. Um, that can really put a damper on this Indianapolis team that is rolling. Because granted, Zach Moss did just as well against a Tampa front that normally is hard to run on. Um, Minshew looks – look, Minshew don't look great, but Indy's in the wild card race here, and somebody has to get the seventh seed in the AFC. Somebody has to get the, the sixth and seventh seed in the NFC. On the other side of the ball, um, Tampa really squandered this one. They could have basically put themselves tied for the division lead, and there's still only one game back sitting at four and seven. Uh, Rashad White is having himself a very solid season. Mike Evans is still doing Mike Evans things. Ed, does he get the franchise tag, or do we see Mike Evans in a different uniform next year? You have to franchise him. Even if you go for a rookie quarterback this year and cast Baker aside, you cannot let him walk. My question to you, fourth and fourth and goal from the six. 413 left, you're down by 10. You would kick the field goal, wouldn't you? How much time left? 413. Probably going for it. I think I would have too. But they didn't. They kicked the field goal. They did get the football back and get it down to the Tampa Bay 41, third and four. Baker sacked and fumbled, ending the drive and essentially ending the game. Let's move this one along. Let's go to the both of our survivor picks this week. The New England Patriots were a disappointment. And now this was a bad weather game, or was this just a bad football game? This uh, – do we have to talk about this game? 
I should probably mention it. Uh, this one finished 10 to seven. It was bad. Uh, Randy Bullock, 42 yard field goal gave the Giants their fourth win of the year. The Giants have four wins and may have put the nail in the coffin for Bill Belichick as he now falls to two and nine. I think this is his last year. I uh, think he retires after this year. I can tell you this much. If Bill Belichick were to get let go by New England, no, no, no. And he still wants to, I, I don't see him retiring. He said he's still having fun coaching. I don't see him retiring. So either he's coaching in New England or he's coaching somewhere else. And I'll be honest, I don't think Robert Kraft has the balls to let Belichick go coach somewhere else. The only way Bill Belichick loses that job is if he retires. Uh, Mac Jones found the bench again this week as Bailey Zappi came in, or maybe Bailey Zappi found the bench and Mac Jones came in. I don't know. No, I didn't Bailey, Bailey Zappi came in, and they still combined for it. So, oh, I found something interesting. I thought this was hilarious. Mac Jones had a QBR of 7.2. He completed 12 passes. If he would have threw all 21 of his attempts into the ground, he would have had a higher QBR. Thank God for two interceptions, right? Let's move along. Let's talk to a game. Let's talk about a game that pissed both of us off. The Pittsburgh Steelers approved to seven and four, beating the Cincinnati Bengals, who fall to five and six. This one happened at Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati. This one really wasn't as close as what the score has, and this game really wasn't a good game, period. As there were one, two, three, four field goals kicked, three of them by Chris Boswell. Uh, Kenny Pickett has had a decent game, 24 for 33, 278, no turnovers, which is good. Najee Harris, 15 for 99 and a score. Pat Fryermuth, who was the check down for Kenny Pickett, 9 for 120. Jalen Warren did lose a fumble, which could have been potentially costly if Jake Browning could have done anything. And probably most important, for the first time in 58 games, the Steelers Went over 400 yards of offense. Dan, I never thought we'd see this broken, but maybe firing Matt Canada is the thing that puts the Steelers on track? What's more concerning is you rush for 153 yards, you throw for 278, and you only put up 16 points. They had a lot of drives stall after gaining a lot of yards. Um, I don't like this. It, I'm, I'm a little scared, to be honest with you. Well, you should be. I'm fine. Shut up, Dan. Let's move along. Let's go to Carolina and Tennessee. Dan, tell me about this you one. Want, you don't want me to give you an in-depth analysis on Jake Browning? Sure. I, I don't have anything. You called my bluff. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, let's <coughs> oh, move man. along. Let's go to Carolina and Ten- oh, Actually, no. Hold on one second. I got a stat for you on this one. You ready? Zach Taylor as a head coach without Joe Burrow as a starting quarterback, 428 and one. Joe Cool is the reason Cincinnati is relevant. Just throwing that out there. And I got a I got a point for you about the Carolina Panthers before we dive into this game. From a certain point of view. Go ahead. Go ahead. The Panthers arguably traded Caleb Williams, DJ Moore, Jalen Carter, Tank Dell, a 2025 second round, 
for the right to select Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. Now, we all know that uh, Carolina fired their head coach after this game, which was a loss, their 10th of the year. But did the comments from the owner, who I, I tip it or tip it or something like that, came out and um, basically said there was a three-team deal involving Houston and Chicago that he wanted to select Stroud because he understood something completely different, and the trade fell through, and that's why he picked who he picked. Completely throwing to the under the bus his entire front office and his coach, who he then promptly fired. Not a good look for, him, for an owner. I mean, this is Steinbrenner-ian level. What what makes that what makes what makes no sense, right? Is if you the the my issue with his comments were is if you thought Houston was gonna select Bryce Young number one and you wanted CJ Stroud, when you trade it for the number one pick, why didn't you still select CJ Stroud? And why does your GM have a job still and your head coach doesn't? Like I said, Steinbrennerian level of fuckery. Um, I mean, talk- really, there's there's not much to actually talk about in this game. Chubba Hubbard got right back on track, but we have no idea where the Panthers are going to go offensively. Well, how because- about we get the score first? Okay, 17 to 10, Tennessee wins. They made the 4 and 7. Carolina's 1 and 10. Now, Chubba Hubbard. Had himself a solid game. Uh, five targets, five receptions, 47 yards. Um, 14 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Miles Sanders, mid. Uh, that looks like that's a terrible contract. Adam Thielen, three targets, one reception, and two yards. Oh, have the mighty have fallen from the beginning of the year. That has to do with the quarterback play. Well, well, don't, I mean, he was Bryce Young's security blanket in the beginning of the year. And for, like, I want to say the first five weeks, he was leading the, yards in re- leading the league in receptions. Until defense has um, got enough tape to say, hey, if we shut down Adam Thielen, nothing else is going to happen. On the other side of the ball, I guess the really the only thing to truly talk about, in my opinion, is Derrick Henry, 18 carries, 76 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, but this was another game that is fine. Like, it's fine that we didn't have to dive into it much and is didn't have to watch on national television. This looks like this would be a Thursday night game. It is what I would have expected this to be. True. Let's move along. NRG Stadium in Houston hosted and saw the Jacksonville Jaguars improve to 8-3 with a 24-21 victory over the Houston Texans who fall to 6-5. Dan, Trevor Lawrence, MVP conversation? No. No. Why not? I don't believe they beat a team over 500 until this week. Okay. Um. He has not looked – Trevor Lawrence is top – Wow. I mean, this year, actually, right now, he probably is a top-five quarterback, but I don't think he's done enough. You, you're looking at – I mean, I'm still going to put C.J. Stroud ahead of him in MVP voting. How about Doug Peterson as coach of the year? No. What? Well, I guess Houston's kind of got that market cornered, too. Well, I mean, they've no. done with D'Amico Ryan. Nick Sirianni's team has the best record in the league, and they've – played and beaten more number one more teams that are over 500 record and they're they're the number one overall seed in the nfl right now yeah but they're the eagles we expect this from and they went to the super bowl last year right Nobody and expected. jacksonville 
Houston Justin to be six and five. <clears throat> then okay, okay. Well, I you said Doug Peterson. I know, and no, I didn't expect Jacksonville to be this good. What do you mean? They won the division last year. We were, I mean, I'm pretty sure if we go back and look, you had Jacksonville with like a double digit win. Record. But what is what is that thing you, you always say? Regression to the mean. I mean, I figured that's Jack because Jacksonville played over their head last year and took advantage of a weak division. I and I still don't think Jacksonville's all that great. But if they I mean, continue looking, to win, it can't be ignored. Looking at their schedule, knowing you, the only game that they won that I believe you probably would have had them losing would have been again against would have been against the Bills in London. I did pick that game for Buffalo. So I'm pretty sure that this this is actually probably somewhat close to where you would have had them at through the year. I would bet that you've gotten most of their games right. So I don't think this team has really surprised you. I think it's just you you have this vision of what Jacksonville was pre-Trevor Lawrence era in your head. And that's what it is. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a very – he's going to be a very good NFL quarterback. Um, I think he could be the MVP one year. Uh, one at some point, maybe, but right now, no, he's, I mean, he wasn't even the best quarterback in this game and he hasn't, he hasn't been the best quarterback in this division. You can argue he's been the the third best quarterback in this division at this, at this point, uh, with the way Minshew has kind of rallied the troops. Okay. Maybe I'm a little biased. Maybe I just hate Jacksonville. I just don't believe in them. Did you go back and look at all your picks for Jacksonville and realize? I that am. I am eight and five against, or seven and six and five, seven and five. I'm seven. I've got them incorrect four times. Okay, so you're seven, seven and, and four. four. I'm seven and four against uh, in Jacksonville Jaguar games. Let's move along. Atlanta five and six. New Orleans five and six. 24-15 at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the Chinese food takeout box that is the home of the Falcons. A um, lot of field goals in this one, Danny boy, including Young Hu Koo, who hit exactly one of them, but took over from Justin Tucker as the most accurate kicker in the history of the NFL. How does that make you feel? Yeah, um, Justin Tucker's got to go. Fire Justin Tucker. Cut Justin he should he should have been cut uh, Sunday immediately. He shouldn't have he shouldn't have been allowed on the he shouldn't have been allowed in the locker room. Derek Carr twenty four for thirty eight three oh four. Clearly, I'm joking. Clearly, and an interception. Uh, Chris Olave <clears throat> seven for one fourteen. New Orleans is an enigma because you never know if Taysom Hill is going to get some yards. Chris Olave is going to get some yards if it's going to be Alvin Kamara, who went combined for over a hundred on nineteen touches. They're San Francisco after taxes. And San Francisco is playing New Orleans-style football from five years ago, ten years ago with Drew Brees. New Orleans is an enigma on offense. Desmond Ritter is not the answer in Atlanta. 13 for 21, 168, a TD, two interceptions, 30 yards on the ground. B. John Robinson finally getting used the way he's supposed to. 16 for 91 and a score, three for 32 through the air and a score. B. John Robinson is the future of the Atlanta Falcons, yes or no? Oh, yes, 100%. 
What else you got for this one before we move along? Uh, I would just like to point out that if we looked at most field goals attempted at 161, uh, Young Huku is not even in the conversation. Los Angeles Rams improved to five and six with a 37-14 victory over the two and ten Arizona Cardinals in what I like to call the asshole hole <coughs> because both these teams' owners can go suck as many dicks as humanly possible. I hate Stan Kroenke. I hate the Bidwell family. Yeah. Anyway, um, LA back on track. Dude, this team is so confusing. I almost picked them this week coming up, and then I got word of who the QB1 is in Cleveland, and I switched my pick. And Did you really? Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. I, you know what? I may do the same thing. Um, okay. I'm pretty I mean, sure I'm Staff- do the same thing. I mean, Stafford looked great. Uh, four nice. touchdowns and one interception. Kerwin Williams uh, came back with a bang, 16 for 143. Added another six for 61 and two touchdowns through the air. Ooh, 200 um, I mean, overall yards. Yeah, That's I mean, sad. he just – he looked he looked good. Um, on the other side of the ball, I'll be honest, this score kind of surprised me. I thought Kyler's first couple games back, he looked pretty good. And they've just kind of fallen by the wayside. I don't know what you're doing if you're Arizona. You, if I'm Arizona, I kind of want to start winning some games so I don't have to make that decision between the guy I just gave a bunch of money to and the potential number one overall pick in the NFL, Caleb Williams. And then if he goes on, let, let's just say hypothetically you trade that pick and he goes on to be a star and Kyler is just a mediocre quarterback like he kind of has been. Um, that's something that will be talked about in your franchise for a really long time. Uh, by your fans, but I don't have much else to add. It looks like, I mean, I don't know what to do or what to think about Cooper Cup. Is he washed? Is is hurt? That that too, actually. That too, that's a good point. I, for, I forgot that he was coming into this game with an injury. Um, but, I mean, if the Rams do win this week at home, they are in the playoff pitcher for the seventh seed. Um so but everybody is in the playoff picture for the seventh seed in the NFC. In the NFC, yeah. There's very few teams that are out of it. Uh, let's move along. Let's talk about a score that has never happened in the history of the NFL. Something like 1,000 or 10,000 or shitload of games. But the Broncos beat the Browns 29-12 to in a score we've never seen before. Uh, this one is going to be known as a lot of injuries for an injury-plagued Cleveland Browns team. Miles Garrett's shoulder. We hope he plays on Sunday. Uh, DTR is in concussion protocol. He's probably out for Sunday. In fact, there's a man who's getting a lot of snaps at QB1 this week. And if he does start, Dan, I promise you I'm getting a Flacco jersey. A Flacco Cleveland Browns jersey. And I want a picture the next time we're together of you wearing a Ravens Flacco and me wearing a Browns Flacco. I can we make that happen. Make happen. I, I have a I have a Flacco jersey actually. We we need to make that happen. Um, Dustin Hopkins continues to be the best offensive player for Cleveland, not named Amari Cooper. And even then, it can be argued he may be better than Amari Cooper. I would have loved to have seen what this Browns team would look like if Nick Chubb hadn't got hurt. Because I think a lot of these scores are different, and the way this defense is playing, this is going to be the ultimate what if year for Cleveland. Because what well, would have happened I, if Chubb wouldn't have gotten hurt? 
Look, normally I like to normally I like to make fun of the Browns, but I mean, I really can't. It's it's just kind of it'd be kind of like beating up on an old raggedy dog. What's the point of it? You're just being an asshole. You're an asshole if you beat up on a dog anyway. Well, yes, but you you get my you get my point. The thing I I have a bone to pick, and it's a the bone I've picked so many times with oh, Kevin I have a bone to pick too. And, and Jerome Ford. Rush the football one time in the second half. Why? Why aren't you running the football? What's your best at? Do you honestly think PJ Walker is going to bring you back from a two-score deficit in the <clears> second <throat> half? I'm Run be the honest, football if, with your own forward. With I mean, it, even with Watson at quarterback, with how he was playing, I don't know if the Browns are winning throwing the ball 42 times. But yeah, you you have to do something. Um, Really quickly, I, I, I'm i going to let you go on a soapbox here, but I have a soapbox to go on myself. One of the worst calls in NFL history were made in the Jacksonville-Houston game. The Tank Dell non-catch when both his feet are clearly inbounds. Oh, God. There was so much bad officiating. I but mean, it, it's that that's all I wanted to say because uh, I, I don't want to just glance over that because that was a game changer in that game. Um, that may have actually cost Houston the division, to be completely honest. I think we can pump the brakes a little bit on that. Let's not be overdramatic. The, but yeah. No, 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 no. If they win that game and that call is called correctly, they are tied with – they are sitting first in that division. Uh-huh. What week are we in? Right. If they lose the division by one game, guess what? Or they lose the division to a tie, guess what? That yes. is the difference. But so are the other seven or eight losses they're going to have um, for the rest of the year. Let's let's uh, Russ is cooking. Russ is, is on a five game. Russ is on a five game win streak. But is he cooking when you throw for 134 yards and you rush for less than three? Well, right at three yards a carry, and you turn the football over. Hey man, are you cooking? He accounted, he, he accounted for two of their touchdowns. But is that cooking though? He counted for two of their touchdowns with a total of 168 yards passing and rushing combined. That's not cooking. Um, That's a half of football. That is a I'm half of football say, for most decent quarterbacks. I'm going to say I did get that game right. DTR th- had the same amount of passing yards and the same amount of passing touchdowns that Russell Wilson had, and DTR got hurt, what, third quarter, second quarter? Russ is not cooking. Russ's defense is cooking. Let's be honest here. And also, let's be honest, too. Um, David Njoku has some hands of stone. Because he had two costly drops. Elijah Moore had a drop. I mean, this... Elijah Moore, like... Actually, I was going to say something positive about him. It, it's good to see him getting involved. Because I do think that that kid has the talent. Yawn. But you, but you hate him. Yawn. Let's move along. Game of the week? This was the game of the week. Philadelphia improves to 10-1 and with a 37-34 victory over the Buffalo Bills. This one came down to the wire. As Jalen Hurts with a 12-yard rush in overtime. We need to talk about how this game went to overtime because 
the Kelsey brothers have gotten a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of press, and rightfully so. Jason Kelsey is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Travis Kelsey is dating the most popular woman on the face of the earth and is probably a Hall of Famer to boot. They're two of the most talented players in the game and the two most talented brothers to have ever played in sports history. And Jason Kelsey almost cost his team the game with two snap infractions on the final drive that made Jake Elliott kick a 59-yard game-tying field goal with 20 seconds left. That shouldn't have been that hard. And let's let's, let's call a spade a spade here. The Eagles didn't win this football game. Buffalo lost this football game. And the Eagles should be gonna, nine and two. And next you're gonna say that Josh Allen just needs to have a defense. And, or a running game. And that's why. And Josh Allen's still one of the best quarterbacks. How do you mean a running game? They ran for 173 yards. 81 of those yards came on Josh Allen. So so hand the ball off instead of pulling it. 16 for 43 from James Cook. <clears throat> 9 for 30 from Latavius Murray. 6 for 19 for Ty Johnson. He did hand the football off. Here you go. Josh Allen is in the team. 31 player. times he handed the football off. Clip it. Josh Allen is in a, is in a team player. My God. You make me want to harm you in a deeply personal way. I mean, I think Josh Allen's one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the league. Well, that's why you are losing most weeks on your draft games. Uh, he outplayed Jalen Hurts. Oh, you can't argue that this week. You can't. I mean, even though Jalen, even though Jalen Hurts, you know, was was responsible for all five. Man, let, let me repeat that: all five, all five Philadelphia touchdowns. Just because you throw for more yards and you run for more yards, it doesn't mean you're more valuable. Because you know what? If Josh Allen would have maybe, maybe now, got now. that fifth touchdown, hold on, maybe they would have won. It's not what I said. You said, said he outplayed, outplayed him. him. I didn't say he was more valuable. You said he outplayed him. I that doesn't mean more at, valuable. Looking at these stats, I don't, I don't, I don't think he. That doesn't mean more him, valuable. Uh, are you kidding me? Uh, 18 for 31, 203 TDs and an interception. 14 for 65 and two TDs on the ground and a lost fumble. Okay, so two turnovers, five touchdowns. Josh Allen, 29 for 51 for 339, two TDs a pick. Nine for 81 and two scores. Josh Allen, one less touchdown, one less turnover. But did Josh Allen get more of an opportunity? Because let's look at the time of possession. When we look at the time of possession here, what are you going to do when the other team has the ball more? The Bills possessed the ball for 14 more minutes, and there were more offensive snaps than – and they had more offensive snaps than what – Jalen Hurts did. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. We can keep going back. 128 more yards for. I'm Buffalo. gonna keep picking apart. I'm gonna keep picking apart your argument here. Jalen Hurts was four. Jalen Hurts was four for four in the red zone. Okay, that says more about the Philly defense than it does the Buffalo defense, which has been non-existent in a few games, like this one. They averaged 5.8 more yards per play. Because the Buffalo defense is trash. Or just because Jalen Hurts was more it's efficient good. Yes. the time he had the ball. 
He's very good. But the Buffalo defense is trash. So let's move along. Kansas City, 31. Raiders, 17. Kansas City improves to 8-3. and three. Raiders fall to 5-7. and seven. Uh, This one was a 21-17 game going into the fourth quarter before Rasheed Rice caught a 39-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes. Harrison Bucker topped it with a 32-yard field goal to make this a two-score game with 3-11 left. Dan, Aiden O'Connell started this game 23 for 33, 248 and a TD. Most importantly, no turnovers and only sacked one time. That's positive news coming from Vegas, right? Like, that's the stuff you want to see. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just one of those things. Kansas City was just better down the stretch. I mean, Rasheed Rice, uh, just going to talk about him slightly. Rookie wide receiver, another great rookie wide receiver. This draft class was stacked with offensive weapons. Um, This may be one of the best draft classes that we've seen in a really long time uh, as far as just names that you can think of that have made impacts in their first year. Um, Good to see him getting involved. Um, Isaiah Pachepko just runs like a madman. Um, <clears throat> he had a, a long of eight yards, but if you just watch him run, he is here for a short time, not a long time. Um, very he, angry. Yes, angry. Yes. Very angry runs. Uh, yeah. Josh Jacobs getting back on track. You know, it, it, when, when you look at these stats, to be completely honest, you can kind of see how Kansas city did win this game, but you can also look at the other side and be like, did Vegas squander this away? But Kansas city was just the better team. This was a good game. Um, I really do hope that the Vegas interim head coach does get a chance to interview for the job and is highly considered for it because this is the same group of guys that just looked like they didn't want to be there under Josh McDaniels. And now they are looking like they want to play and they're putting in more effort. And in this wild year that we have of the NFL, they very well could steal that seven seed if they go on a little stretch run here. Uh, through the last couple of weeks. They got a long road to hoe. Uh, I mean, MBS. they have very winnable games and they can help themselves. The Vikings, the Chargers, they do play the Chiefs again, the Colts and the Broncos. You could very well see them go in what? Four and two? Three and one? Th- four and one? Four and if one, if yeah. everything goes their way? MVS, one target, one catch, negative one yards. Think he's in the doghouse? I don't know, man, because I, I still will argue that that wasn't on him. It was definitely on him. All right, let's talk about it. The Baltimore Ravens improved to 9-3 and pretty much have guaranteed they're going to win this division with a 20-10 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers who fall to 4-7, fire Brandon Staley. Dan, John Harbaugh, coach of the year. No. Why? Because you expected this out of Baltimore? No, because they... you're going to say, oh, blah, blah, blah. But they very well, if they didn't squander away leads, this team could very well be 12-0. and 0. The three games they've lost, they've lost late in the fourth quarter, and that falls back on your head coach and making poor coaching decisions in certain key aspects of the game. <gasps> no. Yeah, he's bad. Fire he's nowhere near as bad as – he's Fire nowhere John near Hart. as bad as Kevin Stefanski. But Fire John Harbaugh. Uh, Brandon, it, it has been said that Brandon Staley is the believed to get to the end of the season, but provide un, unless there is a miraculous run through the end of the season, Brandon Staley is most likely gone at the end of the year. Um, and why don't you tell me what you thought about this game? 
fired John Harbaugh. Are you fired just, everybody you, named Harbaugh. Nobody named Harbaugh should have a job in the United States. They should just vanish from all to Canada. Now, um, this game shouldn't have been this close. Uh, the the talent disparity on the on the field, this game shouldn't have been this close. Uh, I thought Lamar kind of played down a little bit. 18 for 32, 177 in the TD. 11 for 39 on the ground as he was pretty much kept in containment for a good part of the game. Um, Baltimore is doing a running back by committee thing. It looks like Zay Flowers had one good rush, a 37-yard TD rush. But they got to figure out who their main guy is. Is it going to be Gus? Is it going to be Justice Hill? Is it going to be Keaton Mitchell? They have to figure that out because this running back by committee thing doesn't, it's been proven not to work in the NFL. Uh, Keenan Allen, 14 for 106. Justin Herbert is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. Well, I've been saying that too. Uh, He had an interception and let's give some credit to that Baltimore defense. Three fumbles forced and recovered and an interception. Jadavian Clowney is a beast. You want to read that stat? Read that stat, Dan. Jadavian Clowney has the most pressures in a season since 2018, 55, with his 16.9% pass rush win rate and a 17.5% pressure rate, both career highs by a good margin. And uh, just keep this in mind, Clowney was signed for $2.5 million on August 18th. Thank you, Cleveland. Um, yeah. Now I'm going to read you the stat that I have been teasing you with. Young Huku currently has the best field goal percentage in NFL history after Justin Tucker's missed field goal on Sunday night football. This is with a minimum of 100 attempts. Young Huku is at 90.0, 144 out of 160. Justin Tucker has a little bit more of a sample size. 384 out of 427, 89.9%. Mind you, Tucker also has the record for the longest field goal kicked ever. And let's also keep in mind that um, Justin Tucker has kicked 300 more field goals and over has 300 missed more. and has missed 200 more. Not even 100. Um. Yeah. How long was the field goal that he missed? Uh, it was like 40 something. It was like a chip shot. A 40 something. A chip shot. Yeah, let, that's a chip let, shot. For let Tucker. that sink in. Yeah, 40 something was a chip shot. I did on the on the on the on the playlist here. Oh no, good. Here it is. Forty-eight yard field goal. Forty-eight yard field goal. You can't really fault him on missing a forty-eight yard field goal. In were they playing in a dome? Where was this game at? This was a Sunday night game at SoFi. So yeah, it was in a dome. It was in a dome. So maybe you fault him a little bit. Let's talk about the Monday night football game. It looked like Probably. he slipped. Oh my gosh! Here's the experience. no 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 Whatever. no no. No, no, no. Listen, no. I mean, if he slipped, he still missed it. That's bad footing on him. He did something wrong in his timing. But it, it looked like he slipped. But I don't know. I'm I'm okay with it. You, you know what? Let's just do what we should do. Blame Stan Kroenke for it for having a <coughs> shitty fucking stadium. Oh, no. Actually, we can do that simply because Stan Kroenke pulled the Olympic Games out of his stadium. Or no, pulled the World Cup, World Cup Games out of his stadium when they come here because he doesn't want to convert to grass. Isn't that crazy? You don't want that money because you don't want to fucking put grass in your arena, which well, is, it's cronky, whatever. 
he wipes his ass with what we make for a year combined. Oh, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, I think that's crazy. Anyway, how about this for a stat? The last time the Bears won a football game without a TV or without a TD, Harbaugh was their quarterback. Jim Harbaugh was their quarterback. I believe this was 1988. They won this one against Minnesota 12 to 10. Improved to four and eight on the year. Minnesota falls to six and six and probably won't catch Detroit. What do you make of this? Like, do we need to talk about this at all? You're muted there, buddy. You need to learn how to work a computer. Uh, you only pick Chicago to be different, which is annoying. Um, is Josh Dobbs the quarterback coming out of the bye, or do they go back to Jalen? I think you still got to go with Josh Dobbs. Four inter- That's what I thought, too. Out of those four interceptions, two of them weren't his fault. Good point. And the third one, you can go back and forth on. I mean, I don't, I don't have much to. Better question, Justin Fields. Is he a Chicago Bear next season? Oh, yeah. They are out of the number. Of the, yeah, 100%. Mm, they still got Carolina's pick. They're still going to have the number one overall pick. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I don't I don't think you're going away from Fields. He's still – unless you find – unless you're finding someone to trade for him, which I feel like is going to be tough to do – I mean, what's well, his contract like? How many year? How many years does he have left on his rookie deal? Two or three? I think one, one or two maybe. But even then, if you're a team that has that number one overall pick, do you listen for maybe the second or the third and the quarterback of that team? Say Arizona wants to move into the number one spot, and they offer you the number three pick plus Kyler Murray for number one, and maybe some back end day two, day three picks. Do you make that deal? To pass up on Caleb Williams to get more draft capital and an established quarterback? <clears throat> or do you roll the dice? A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. You know what I mean? So do you roll the dice with your future? Or do you take a proven commodity and try to get draft capital on the back end? I mean, that's a terrible example because of what I think of. If you're Chicago and Carolina yeah. kind of wins a few games. Do you maybe trade Fields and the second Carolina's pick to try to move up to number one? Or do you take Marvin Harrison know. at two to give Justin Fields another chance? This is going to be a thing we're going to talk about a lot as we go forward. Let's take a look at the standings. And as I was looking at this, I found some pretty interesting stuff. Dan, how many playoff teams have a negative point differential? Right now, if the playoffs were to start today, how many playoff teams? have a negative point differential. I'm going to say five. There are exactly three. In the AFC, it is the Pittsburgh Steelers who are negative 23. In the NFC, it is the NFC South leading Atlanta Falcons at five and six at a negative 19. And the Seattle Seahawks in a wild card spot, six and five at a negative 20. Dallas, far and away better than everybody else, plus 162, leading the NFC. 
Baltimore plus 137 leads the AFC. Does that shock you at all? Uh, the... The Ravens one actually does a little bit, but the Dallas one doesn't because they're eight and three and they haven't beat a winning team, so they're just beating up at all. At all. Uh, Just to recap the standings, your Baltimore Ravens would get the only buy in the AFC as they are nine and three going into their bye week this week. So technically, they're tied with Miami, Jacksonville, and Kansas City with three losses. Uh, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Indianapolis. So there you go. They are five, six, and seven with Houston losing the tie-breaking conference winning percentage to the Colts. Denver is in the mix at six and five. Buffalo at six and six as they go into their bye week. In the NFC, Philadelphia head and shoulders, two games clear of San Francisco and of Dallas. As Dallas is the five seed in the wild card. San Francisco's eight and three. The Lions eight and three. Atlanta five and six is the four seed. That's going to be interesting, and I'll, when I get done with this, I will ask you a question. Seattle six and five, Minnesota six and six. They are six and seven. Green Bay at five and six, and the Rams at five and six, along with the Saints at five and six, who have a who are losing the tiebreaker to Atlanta thanks to that loss this past week, are all in the mix as well. You can't keep out Tampa either in that division, but that's probably going to be it there. Now, Dan. A 4-5 matchup, the Dallas Cowboys have a very realistic shot of winning 12 or even 13 games and being a fifth seed and facing a team with a losing record to win the NFC South. What is more likely, the Cowboys as a fifth seed with 13 games won, losing to a division winner with a losing record, or the Cowboys putting up 70 on a division winner in the playoffs? We'll say 50 on a division winner in the playoffs. Um, it's more likely. likely it's it's more likely they lose. Atlanta has a good defense. Do the Cowboys make it past the second round? If they were to beat Atlanta or Tampa, that would put them probably against Philadelphia, maybe San Francisco. No, they don't make it past the second round. Bloodshed? Like it's it'd be it'd be a bloodletting, right? It'd be pretty bad. Uh, I, I think they lose by double digits. Fair enough. Um, you got anything you want to add to this one? Oh, we got to do our picks yet. How did I forget the most important part of the show? Dan, Thursday night football, Dallas hosts Seattle. We both have Dallas. We just talked about this. I will say if, I will say if Seattle was in, if this game was in Seattle, I probably would have picked Seattle to be completely honest. Dallas is due for a letdown game. I would have said the same thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing it. What have I got to lose? I've already lost the season. You have. So, why not? I'm taking Seattle in this one just because Dallas is due. Uh, Indianapolis at Tennessee. I got Tennessee. You got Indianapolis. Why do you have Tennessee? I don't I'm know. I'm going to try to talk you into switching this one. No. No, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone. Right. I got to be different. And I think this is this is going to be different. And a, I may switch to the next one. If he's practicing. Because we're he's not, not giving. I don't believe he's, he's playing. playing this week. I don't believe he's playing this week. Remember, they have 21 days to activate him. So basically three weeks to activate him. 
I still. Mm, uh, you know I, what? I, I'll you know what? It. I am so confident that he's no, not no, no. playing. I will give you the caveat that you can change it on game day if he plays. No, no, I'm going to keep it. We both pick Atlanta. Tampa <coughs> is going to host Carolina. Tampa should win this football game. Congratulations, Carolina. You're going to get your second win. We both have Tampa. Detroit is going to New Orleans. The Lions look to get back on track and prove that they are the kings of the north. They're going to do it in the Big Easy. The Chargers are my survivor pick, as Dan picked Atlanta. They are going to I don't feel confident about that pick either, to be honest. I, I'm not going to lie with you. The only reason that I'm picking New or the Chargers here is because I needed a survivor pick. And I thought that going against New England was the safest bet. And when was the last time we were able to say that? Pittsburgh yeah. is going to host Arizona. We both have Pittsburgh. Yeah, why not? Miami is going to Washington. We both have Miami. Denver at Houston. You have Houston. I have Denver. All those nice things you just said about Russell Wilson. And you pick Denver. Are you picking I am Houston? A, I am a C.J. Stroud believer. I will be blinded by my C.J. Stroud love. San Francisco I goes trade to- Lamar for C.J. Stroud today. San Francisco goes to Philadelphia in a potential NFC championship game precursor. You have San Francisco. I have Philadelphia. I don't feel good about this at all. I flipped the coin. Uh, I don't, I, I, this will be a good game to watch. This will not be a good game to bet. I really want to make Philadelphia my survivor this week, but if, if it was any other team, they would be. The Rams are going to host Cleveland in a former – these two teams used to share the city. Did you know that? The Rams started in Cleveland. Huh. You, you didn't know that. I picked the Rams, Dan, against my Cleveland Browns. No, I yep. didn't. No, I didn't. I wanted to be smart. I wanted to bet with my – with my mind. <laughs> this is uh, interesting. We both have Cleveland on the road in LA. I um, I mean, I I will say that if Flacco is starting, um, he's a very pocket poised QB. That offensive line in Cleveland is a good offensive line, so he will have time to throw, I believe. So I I think we may be okay with this one, Ev. Let's hope Kansas City at Green If Cleveland loses this football game, they may be out of the playoffs. Kansas City at Green Bay. We both have Kansas City. This one should be over by halftime in a Super Bowl one. Super Bowl one, right? Because the Raiders were in Super Bowl two. Yeah. In a Super Bowl one rematch. Finally, Cincinnati at Jacksonville on Monday Night Football. We both have Jacksonville. How confident are you in this one? I mean, Jake Browning starting. Fair enough. Baltimore, just, Buffalo, if Chicago. If Joe Burrow was playing, I'd be, I'd have Cincinnati. Baltimore, Buffalo, Chicago, Minnesota, the Giants, and Vegas are on their bye this week. Just to recap, I am now, after an eight and nine week and missing my survivor pick, one hundred nine and eighty three. Dan, you went eleven and six. You are now one twenty six and sixty six. Seventeen games ahead of me. Here's your chance to gloat. The job's not done yet. Um, I mean, you shouldn't be too down on yourself. You're you have a great win percentage when you look at the statistics there. I mean, mine's better, but second place isn't bad. 
You're an asshole. Uh, here's a weird stat that we completely missed when we talked about it. The Bills are the 40th team since, 1970, since the 1970 merger to have 500 yards on conversion and a positive turnover margin in a game. The previous 39 teams were 39 and 0. The Bills are the first team to lose with those combined stats. What do you think about that? I mean, are you surprised it's the Bills? Yeah, okay. We're already over an hour. Let's keep this rolling. Dan, more crazy stats. Are you ready for this? This comes from the world of basketball. The biggest loss of Michael Jordan's career was by 44 points. And it happened. MJ was 38 years and 333 days old. The biggest loss of LeBron James's career was by 44 points. And it happened when he was 38 years and 333 days old. Jordan's loss was on January 16th, 2002, a 111-67 loss as the Wizards fell to the Nets. 10 points, two rebounds, one assist. LeBron's happened 11-27-23, where he lost to the 76ers with the Lakers, 138-94. He had 18 points, zero rebounds, and five assists. Just to piggyback off of that, Dan, the last time LeBron James didn't have a rebound in a game was 4,775 days ago now, but 4,773 days between those games. It was October, I'm sorry, Tuesday, uh, November 2nd, 2010. So think about that. 13 years. Over 13 years. Yeah, that's kind of wild. That is very wild. Let's keep the basketball theme going. Dan, did you know Tony Gwynn had more assists in college playing basketball for San Diego State University at 590 than he had strikeouts in his 20-year major league career at 434? That's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. Last one for basketball, and this also has LeBron James involved. If you took away all of LeBron James's dunks and three-pointers, he would still be 10th all-time in NBA history in scoring. He currently sits, when this stat was given a couple of days ago, at 39,060 points. If you take away 6,894 points off three-pointers and 4,262 points off slam dunks, he still sits... At 27, 904 with points. That's crazy. Damn. I mean, Ed, it, it, it sounds like you want to do an NBA show with all these NBA stats. No, this is it. That's all I want to talk about basketball until Christmas. Dan, the only two players to lead a decade in hits and not be in the Hall of Fame. Can you name them? One's easy. The other is not. Uh, no. Pete Rose, the only two players to lead a decade in hits and not be in the Hall of Fame. Pete One Rose of them is George Brett. No. Mark Grace in the 90s. You don't remember Mark Grace? No. Maybe before your time? Yeah, before your time. Speaking of another thing that was before your time, Dan, did you know the New York Mets? 
have appeared in the World Series five times, 1969, 1973, 1986, 2000, and 2015. Each of those World Series teams had a player that at one point in their career were teammates with Jesse Orozco. That's insane. Think about that for a second. World Series teams 46 years apart shared a common teammate in Jesse Orozco. That is kind of nuts. That is kind of nuts. Last one before we put a bow on this one, and I can rest my voice from not dying. Not counting batters who were intentionally walked, Greg Maddox faced 8,025 batters from 1995 to 2003. The total pitches to those batters that were total pitches to those batters called balls, 8,006. Less than one called ball per batter over the course of nine seasons. That is insane. Insane. Like, think about that for a second. When you've got pitchers nowadays that are going 100 pitches through four, five innings now, he was throwing less than a ball per pitch, ball per batter. That's crazy. That is absolutely insane. Because you got to wonder how many of those 8,006 balls were intentional. A curveball in the dirt, you know? Not that Maddox ever did anything but paint the corners. Dan, are you listening? Yeah. Give me 10 bucks if you tell me what I just said. Can Maddox even paint the corners? Uh, close enough. Hey, you got anything else you want to add to this one before we uh, say sayonara? Just that you owe me 10 bucks when I see you next week. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, buddy. Um, what you can look forward to from us, you're going to get our usual football show every Wednesday. We may, if my breath and lungs can take it, record a show that we are not going to post where I damn near died, where we talked about professional wrestling and we brought back the Cap Socks and Chair Shots podcast for a day. You're also going to get a hockey recap coming up real soon. You're going to get a baseball off-season update. Do you want to call it an update? Because there's a lot of stuff that has happened so far. The Cardinals. Dude, I've been I've been thinking about like when we do this, and there's just I feel like we just do a show after the winter meetings. That's that's where I, I'm at with baseball. We should have Otani signed by then. We should we have, should have Yamamoto. Yamamoto signed by then. And sadly, it's probably not going to be to the Cardinals as they have gotten their pitching. But then again, let's not forget, John Moselock said, Matt Carpenter is going to be our starting third baseman. Three days later, acquired Nolan Arenado. So there's that. Yeah, Cardinal fans are delirious. Delusional is the word you're looking for. Um, but that's going to be an end for this show and for this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, We'd like to thank you all for listening. And just remember, if your team is not doing so hot, it can always be the players of a name later who can make it better. See ya!